Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Did I have some roserade colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and now coming to you live. From atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. It's Puckle! Puckle! It's Puckle! Puckle! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah! Puckle! Puckle! And welcome to the 377th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with a group of excellent co-hosts, the first being the bearded man himself, Bosephus. I am clean-shaven. No beard. You lost You lost the beard. Mm-mm. I have a mustache because for Valentine's Day, we're doing uh, Halloween 2, aka Valloween, and I'm going to be Inigo Montoya. There are so many things that uh, that opens a lot of questions, but we're not going to ask them now. (laughs) Message me on Discord. And then, of course, we've got the master of everything Pokemon, R Sigma. It's a pleasure to be here today. Of course. And, of course, this is the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that I came up with in 2007. We talk everything from the video game to the trading card game to things like Pokemon Conquest, more obscure stuff. And we just have a blast here at the show. Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're old. We've got a great show lined up for you today, and I'm really excited to get through it. But before we keep going, how have you guys been doing? How how you been doing, Bo? It's been like a month and a half. Yeah, um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I got a new job started, which is awesome. I found my DS and my Ultra Sun version. That's a good plus. Right. Like, last time I was on, I didn't know where it was, and now I have it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's going great. Uh, I've almost completed that and oh, I just man. completed another Omega Ruby, uh, playthrough. So, uh, so I do have a question for you, Bo, because y- you might not have seen this, but I don't know. Have you been paying attention to the Puckle tournament scene lately? Um, kind of like, I, I, I know about Upple and I know about like, no, Upple's not Puckle. That's not, that's not, I, I, I know that I know like, I only know what's on the podcast. I haven't been following the YouTube. Okay, so if you not just the YouTube, but just in general. So now we actually have a league going, and this is this is just I something. I do know the league. Yeah, and so you guys. So if anybody comes to like battle clinics or to any of our other tournaments, you earn points, and it gives you a chance to be in the final tournament at the end of the year, where I think you can win in the Nintendo Switch if you make it in and you win the whole thing. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, exciting. I know. I'm excited about that. It's um, pretty exciting. I'm I'm at the top of the leaderboard, tied with Rotted Mushroom right now. He and I are in a heated battle. <laughs> okay. We're, we, we're locking horns. That's awesome. Uh, I don't he- think I have the, the math capabilities to, to be a competitive player, but like, I'm into it. You don't even need the math capabilities. You just need to show up to battle clinics, honestly. <laughs> Which actually with the new schedule I have, like I should be able to. So awesome. That's great. Yeah. Battle clinics are fun. Uh, they're, they're a blast. Uh, everybody keeps asking. We got another one coming up, right, Sigma? Uh, next weekend. 
next, next Saturday at twelve thirty, I believe. Yeah, on the, so the twenty third of February, just to get the date like solidified. Yes. At what time? It was like noon, right? Or uh, I think it's twelve thirty. Okay, twelve thirty. Okay. Okay, never makes mind. sense. <laughs> I will not be there on a Saturday. It's so much. No, fun. so we've been doing them on Fridays, but we kind of wanted to test it out on a Saturday schedule and see what happens. That's okay. really the big thing. But yeah, how about you, Sigma? Anything new? Anything? Anything crazy? Uh, let's see. About a week and a half ago, I finally finished Let's Go. And all <laughs> those master trainers. <laughs> oh yeah, Much no, toxic. you're grandmaster now. You're grandmaster Sigma. Yeah, there was a lot <laughs> nice. of toxic. That sounds like a lot of toxic. I think that's the only way to like do it well. It's the quicker way of doing it, and then you get the poison types where you can't toxic them, and it's like, oh, oh, I actually have to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are. I I don't know. I thought about doing it, and I started doing it when Let's Go first came out. I got like five or ten of them, and then I was just like, nope, I'm done. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this another 140 times. Nope, not happening. Uh, granted, I think I think Zapdos and uh, Ditto and like the legendaries are pretty easy. They're relatively yeah. easy because you just have to power up your other ones. There's a handful of them that you don't even have to level up either because their movesets are pretty easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Like Ditto only has Dig as an attacking move. So if you put up a substitute, then you can easily toxic it. And then you can just stall out the Digs with Protects and not care. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's it's just been interesting. It's been that that's an interesting game. On my end, I did my Apple match uh, just last night, actually, and we ended up winning. We took the win against um, Good Pilgrim over at Pokemon Rollout. Our good friends over at Pokemon Rollout. We took the win. Uh, it was it was a good game though. It was an interesting game. I suggest going to check it out. Um, the Apple's got their thing. Also, this week I believe I'm going to be on the BattleSpot podcast for Apple. So if you haven't already checked that out, go ahead and go check that out. That way you can keep up with the league and see what's going on. It's a really good way to keep up with it. I think they do it somewhat well. They they recap the matches decently in audio format. But yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that's been too new other than I, I, I went 4-1 in the UETC. I played Sparky this week as well. It's a really short match, but it was a really tense match. Sigma was telling me just before this because Sigma goes through the matches to see how long they are before they, they go ahead and they choose the matches for the week to highlight mm. uh, on the YouTube. And he was telling me it was only 15 turns, the match between me and Sparky. Huh. Um, it did not feel like 15 turns because I specifically remember I was in general voice while we were battling. And I specifically remember that Orange is like, what turn are you on? And I see that the timers tick down 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh, we have to be pretty far into this. It's, it's already been 12 minutes. And I looked at the turn count and it was eight turns. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, "Oh God, this is awful." We're gonna. He and I are spending so much time calking because it was it was a big match because it kind of determined whether or not you made it to playoffs. Yeah, and so I made it to playoffs. I think Sparky will get bubbled up because two of his opponents were a four and one and a five and zero. Oh. So I think yeah, he'll do. Nice. I think he'll do okay. I think he'll bubble. Good job, Sparky. Yeah. So we'll just kick it on over to the news then, guys, because there's some cool stuff to talk about. So let's cue that epic music. <laughs> And welcome to the news. The news has plenty of interesting stuff in it. We've got some Puckle news for you today. We've got some Pokemon news. So let's go through the Pokemon news first. We're going to go through some stuff that's not super exciting, but some stuff that's kind of cool. So 
There's a special steelbook for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee announced for the U.S. It comes to Best Buy February 17th, and you get it if either Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee is purchased. So is this like a steelbook for the games, or is this just like a nice little tin? That's my next question. I believe it's for the games. I want to okay. say this came out at launch in Japan at 7-Elevens or something it like did. that. It did. So. You know, my main thing is like, so I remember pre-ordering Pokemon Emerald. And when you pre-ordered Pokemon Emerald, you got this really nice like Rayquaza tin. And it looks really nice and you can open it up and it, you can store like your games in it and stuff like that. It was just a nice little tin to have. I'd prefer a tin rather than a steelbook case for a game, if that makes sense. I like the steel bookcases for Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Those were nice, but those came with both copies, right? They did. This sounds like it only comes with one. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they have a spot for both games inside the steel book. That would be curious. That would be curious. If they don't, that'd be pretty, I mean, I don't know, disappointing, but I don't know about the product. We already know what it is, technically, <laughs> or the internet does. <laughs> All right. Uh, next piece of news is the battle competition for the 2019 International Challenge, which is taking place next weekend. The registration is open. If you compete in this, you get a shiny Tapu Bulu. It's the only way to get shiny Tapu Bulu, if I'm not mistaken, at least That's in the correct. U.S. Uh, so make sure you do it. It runs the 22nd through the 24th, and you can sign up up until the 21st. Uh, if you're in the U.S., uh, because I know most of our listeners are. It, what really matters is 7 p.m. Eastern is kind of when those cutoff times are. So Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern is when battles actually start. Uh, just keep that in mind. But yeah, you it's only VGC. Have to do three. Yeah, you will have to do three matches to be able to get your Bulu. And then you can quit. Yeah, and then you can just quit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So the next one, uh, the next piece of news that I think is really cool. So we had a Nintendo Direct this week that everybody, that people were somewhat disappointed with there wasn't any Pokemon news in, which I found rather surprised. I'm more surprised by people expecting Pokemon news at this point from a Nintendo Direct than I am that there wasn't Pokemon news in a Nintendo Direct, right? Because they have never announced a mainline series Pokemon game in a Nintendo Direct. And there are just so many people expecting some kind of news or at least like an announcement of a Pokemon Direct, which again... If there's going to be a Pokemon Direct this month, it's going to be on the 26th or 27th of February. And they don't announce Directs that far in advance, ever. Like, ever. It's always like two days, and you're just like, oh, I guess there's a Direct happening tomorrow. And that's when you go and you listen to it. I think that's also very likely, especially if you take a look at the events happening at Nintendo NY, which is the rebranded Nintendo World Store, which is the rebranded Pokemon Center in New York. But starting on Pokemon Day on February 27th, there's just like a crazy number of events happening. Like there's a face painting event happening on the 27th. More importantly, though, there is a Nintendo Treehouse event scheduled for that from 5 to 6 p.m., which is crazy. There's a Nintendo Treehouse event scheduled like one hour Nintendo Treehouse Q&A scheduled for five days from the 27th to March 3rd. So that tells me that something's happening. Something big is going to be happening here very soon. And I don't know what they're going to do with Nintendo Treehouse. Yeah, they're not the ones who usually localize these games. Exactly. So I don't know what Nintendo Treehouse is doing. Maybe they're utilizing Nintendo Treehouse to try to get these games out faster. I don't know. I still fully expect a November 20-something release date. I fully expect that. But I don't don't know what Nintendo... Because Nintendo Treehouse doesn't do anything like that. But I I do expect honestly with this happening that there will be a pokemon direct on the 26th or so and it's going to have more than just pokemon thatch and scrawn version it's going to have like a couple of spin-off games like one or two and then uncle oshawa can be happy because he's got all of his pokemon mystery dungeon that he could ever want in his entire life because i can see there being like a mystery dungeon game and then something else coming out at the same time 
Detective Pikachu port. Yeah, a Detective Pikachu port could happen, which I think would be really good in line with what the upcoming movie. But I don't know, because those, like, compared to a Gen 8 announcement, those don't really seem like highlights or hotspots to to throw out during a direct i mean in in my eyes like- so this isn't this isn't just a direct right You're, so i'm not saying that we're not going to get the main game announcement i'm saying we're going to get the main game announcement plus something else because treehouse has never localized pokemon yeah but even if it just doesn't seem practical from a business standpoint just in my eyes like as a if you're trying to sell like the products like you want to eat to highlight them each individually i guess and like yeah know, there's five separate events to- Oh no! There's five mind. separate treehouse events. <laughs> I, I missed. I missed where there was five separate treehouses. That was my yeah. Fault. There's five separate treehouse Q and A's. Uh, one each day uh, for one hour. Uh, so, I mean, this is also unsurprising uh, to an extent because Pokemon Day has always been like a big thing that Pokemon has celebrated in the recent past, probably mm-hmm. for like the past five six years. I think it's in Sun and Moon. Yeah, it was even before Sun and Moon. It was in X and Y because uh, the year before Sun and Moon were announced. I very clearly clearly remember there being a stream on the Pokemon Twitch channel with like Jay mm. Wits and Shady Penguin. Oh, yeah. And they just and, did like yeah. battle royales and Gen 6 and stuff like that. And they were just having a blast hanging out playing Pokemon. That's all it was. It was it was the same time that uh, Red and Blue were announced for the virtual console. That That's right. It was at the same time because they did like a run through of Red on the virtual console and stuff like that. So that th- those are the things to look for. I think that's uh, that's pretty big. Uh, but if you play Pokemon Go... Did you see that segue? There's a Valentine's Day event which is going on and will be probably end like pretty much when this show comes out. Uh, it ends February 21st, so no, it does not. Uh, you get two times extra capture candy and you get lure modules that will last six hours. And they've got special boxes so you can give them more money. Hmm. Also, if you're an amiibo addict like myself, there's a great addition because of the Nintendo Direct of uh, new amiibo were announced. Squirtle. Pokemon Trainer and Ivysaur are all getting Amiibo, and they're coming sooner rather than later at some point this year, so keep an eye out for them. I like how they're doing smaller waves with these Amiibo, by the way, instead of being like, oh, here are seven of them that are going to drop at the same time. Also, three of them are exclusives to different stores. They're probably using their production assets for other enterprises now. Like, I don't know. I think the Amiibo hype has died down, thankfully, because yeah, I, I, mean. I can walk into the store at the same time at like the day of a launch and find everything that i need on the day without having to like camp outside of it because uh-huh. i camped outside of stores several times for amiibo and i, <laughs> uh, oh, I know. sometimes not by choice <laughs> because my wife is just into the collecting these amiibo as i am i don't know if i ever told that story on the podcast i know i've told you guys this story but <laughs> so when dr mario and baby bowser came out the amiibo when they launched uh, Baby Bowser was a Toys R Us exclusive. Dr. Mario was a Target exclusive, right? And so my wife and I were just like, oh, we'll just split up and we'll get we'll nail two of the exclusives. We've lived down the street from a Toys R Us and a Target. Let's one of us go to each, right? So she wakes up at four o'clock and wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning that day. For reference, Target doesn't open until eight. Toys R Us doesn't open until about eight thirty, nine o'clock. So this is this is a little early. Okay, uh, so she drops me off in front of this target. I am the only person at this target at five in the morning. I have uh, people are like walking in and out of target, like stock boys and stuff like that. And I hear on the radio, somebody was just like, there's just a guy on the camera sitting out front of target in a camping chair. Because <laughs> I was the only person in front of this target until 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, and the only reason a line form was because I was sitting there just throwing that out there. I was, that was the only reason a line formed. You should have just got like an Uber home and then just like 
came back at seven or well, whatever. Well, I could have walked home. I could have walked home. It was like a mile and a half. But like I was already there. And I mean, did you have like a DS or something? Yeah, like- yeah, I had stuff to do, so like I wasn't bored or anything. But it was just, it was, I was just sitting there and like I had Target security called on me. Uh, <laughs> I did get my Doctor Mario, uh, and then Doctor <laughs> Mario proceeded to be on the shelves for the next like seven weeks at that particular <laughs> Target, uh, which was just like I, I do not think this is worth it anymore. <laughs> Four hours well spent. Yeah, I'd much rather pay for the, like the Japanese imports of Amiibo. What do you, I mean, they're going to be replacing the Amiibo with something then because that was way too lucrative. Like, Oh, no, they're not replacing Amiibo. Amiibo's still, like, they're doing pretty well. I mean, you know, okay. Right. They're doing pretty well. There's going to be something new, I mean, next year or so. I don't think there's so, be because they made, they made the Switch compatible specifically with Amiibo. I mean, there's Labo. There's but. Labo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know how well that, how well that did. All right. So the uh, in other news, we've got the more images from the Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolutions movie, the CGI Mewtwo movie, confirming that the movie is full CGI and that we have images of Mew and Pikachu. They actually still don't look that bad uh, in this art style. Like uh, Sigma and I were talking about this beforehand, but we are still waiting for humans to be rendered in this art style. I would like to see humans rendered in this art style first, because I feel like that's going to be the most jarring thing is to see Ash in this CGI art style. I hope they just skip Ash and put Justice Smith in. <laughs> I, I love him. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think that's most everything in Pokemon news. There's not too much else going on. Some cool stuff. A new Detective Pikachu dropped if you want to see what Lickitung looks like in their art style. But moving on, we have a couple things in Puckle News. So this hasn't been officially announced yet, at least at the time of recording. But it is all has all signs pointing to it. North American Internationals is going to be taking place in Columbus, Ohio, on June 21st through 23rd, or whatever the weekend is. I believe it's the 21st through the 23rd. Uh, so that is going to be the location of PuckleCon 5 this year. Uh, we're going to go back to our roots. So it's mostly going to be, we're going to go to, we're just going to go to nationals. And if you want to come hang out, you're more than welcome to come hang out with us. We'll probably do a show at some point just to be like, hey, we're all together. Ha ha ha. And that's, that's what's going to go on. Man, I was totally going to maybe skip this year. But back at Nationals, there's just too much cosplay opportunity. Nationals is just a lot of fun in general. Oh, it was just so much fun. Like, PuckleCon is always fun, but paired with Nationals was just, like, a different kind of fun. And yes. I was like, you know, I could, I could skip the PuckleCon this year, but if you're like, oh, man, we're going back to Nationals and it might not happen for, like, another four or five years, like, oh, man, I should probably go. I mean, it's going to go for every year because I don't want to run an independent event anymore. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're just going back to nationals and we're probably going to stay there. So if you want to come though, more than welcome. We're more the merrier. We love hanging out with you guys. And so, yeah, come on down to PuckleCon. We'll do that. Probably do a live show. I don't know how we're going to do that yet. That's kind of logistically challenging at this point. We'll figure out because I'd like to get as many people on the show as possible. And we keep having like 20, 30 people show up. And I I expect more now that we're going to nationals. Uh, Feel free to come though. It's a blast. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to everybody. So I guess that is it for the news. So we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we will quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome. 
welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. That means stuff that they just know in their heads. That means stuff we were born with. Exactly. Things that they can only know because they are just such Pokemon masters and geniuses that they need no internet, no Google, nothing. They just have to use what's in their head to answer five questions all about Pokemon. If they answer these questions correctly, they get some points. They are competing together as a team to answer these questions, and they'll have one minute to answer each of them. There are five. Uh, one of these questions has a bonus point attached to it, and they have a hint that they can use on one of the questions if they get stuck. Uh, however, if they get all the questions correct without using the hint, they get an extra point for a possible total of seven. They are competing against their fellow co-host in a race of 30 points to win a shirt from T Public from the Puckle Tea Public store. This segment is also brought to you by Anime Gravy, where you can go pick up a bunch of cool anime art. So check out AnimeGravy.com. A-N-I-M-E-G-R-A-V-Y.com. These guys are great. They're sponsoring the segment. I have their sweet Professor Oak. I want you to be a Pokemon Master exactly. poster in my... It's awesome. I love yeah, it. Exactly. So you guys can check them out and pick up some of their cool art. Uh, so if you guys are ready, I've got my questions ready and prepped to go without the answers in the questions this week. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. These all come from our trivia segment on the Discord. Uh, so if you want to submit trivia for the channel for this segment, you can always do so on our Discord server. So our first question, this comes from Scrawn, actually. He sent me this one in the DM, and I thought this was a good one to kind of kick it off with. So in Pokemon Go, I know both of you play. Mm-hmm. Name the Pokemon types that are weather boosted in windy weather. Uh, it's Psychic is flying. one of them. Flying is one of them. You said what was the other one? Psychic. Psychic. Um, I think fa- uh, I know steel and ice are snowing. Um, clear is grass ground fire. I think, is it fairy? Is it flying fairy? And what was the other one you said? I'm sorry. Uh, it's Poison. Psychic, I think is the psychic? other one. Psychic. Or it could be dragon. I don't think I don't think dragon is is in them for windy. Dragon might be foggy. Dragon might be foggy. So definitely flying. Do we know how many there are? Three. There I are think, three. Um, there are three because I think the only one that's two is snowing. So yeah, I think it's flying fairy and something else. Either psychic, psychic or dragon. I don't think it's dragon because like where I am, I get windy weather a lot, and I don't think I've ever seen dragon on my. Like, oh, they're just boosted. rare, regardless. But I think it is dragon. Okay, if you're solid, um, let's go with it. So okay. what's your answer? Uh, flying. Uh, flying fairy and dragon. Flying fairy and dragon. That is, is that right, Sigma? unfortunately incorrect. Uh, oh. The answer is dragon psychic and flying. Oh, oh I, I messed it up with the fairy. What? What is anything? Is fairy? Fairy is boosted by partly cloudy. Partly cloudy. That's a weird one. Which is a All stupid right. weather in and of itself. Yeah, that's not weather. <laughs> I just know windy brings me more routes. So. Yeah. It was stuck between the psychic and the fairy. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine, guys. We're going to kick it to the next question. Uh, This next one comes from the Discord server. And let me get the name correct so I don't get yelled at this week in my DMs. Uh, Let me see if I can find the person who did it. It is either King of the Seas or Swamp Rat. I I forget which one did it. But there is uh, one of them gave us this question. It is actually... I don't see it anywhere. Um, but either way, what is the Pokemon with the longest name via letters in the English language? Feraligator is 10, but they up the caps from that since. Was it um, Gen 6 where they increased it? Yeah, so it would have to be a Gen 6 Pokemon, I would think. Is that including Mega? 
Not like including the word, the word mega. mega. Not including okay. the word mega. <laughs> I could totally see that happening. Um, like, yeah, Kangaskhan has 10. Yeah, um, but it, I think it's got to be something in Gen 6 or 7. Right. Chestnut comes to mind. It doesn't have a T, though. It's just Chestnut. Yeah, um, so that's still only 9. Delphox is nowhere near that. Greninja is nowhere near that. I'm just saying, yeah, at this point, I'm going to the Pokedex. Not any of Gudra's, not any of Noivern, not any of... Not the Legendaries. It's got to be something obscure, not Dragalge. Claw It's, or... No. I'm going to need an answer. Who boy. Do you want to take a hint? Since I, I we think already messed so. up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Can we get a hint? This is a Gen 7 Pokemon with the unique type combination. Oh. Um... Okay, so it's not Mimikyu. Not Turtonator. I'm just trying to think. Unique. Co- no. Um. None of the Tapus. None of the... Ooh, what about the Ultra Beasts? Ultra Beasts have a ch- decent chance. Yeah. Nihiligo. Pheromosa is pretty long. Uh, Buzzwall. But those aren't unique. Not Circuitry. Not... Mm-mm. Unique type combination. Yeah, not Cartana, right. not... Actually, is it any of the Ultra Beasts, possibly? No, because I don't think any of the rest of them are unique. What? Uh, man. Yeah, because so it can't no. be Naga Nadal. No. Huh. Man, when we hear it, we're going to be like, ah, son of a gun. Uh, I'm going to need an answer. Titano, Silvalli, and I died. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go Pheromosa? Because it's not unique, though. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I need an answer. Um, Give me something. Just say anything. Hakamo'o. <laughs> Hakamo'o? Yes. <laughs> uh, that is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is Crabominable. Oh. Yeah. Get out of here. Crabominable. Yeah, he's got like 12 letters in his name. Longest Pokemon name. Crab- he's also pretty forgettable. Yeah, he's also pretty forgettable because he's not very good. You don't get him in the story either. That yeah, no, it's awful, isn't it? You can't movie. evolve him till the end. I had that thing in my party for so long. So did I. I did too. So did I. Was... Same with Charger Bug. All right. So you guys are 0-2 today. I'm sorry. You guys are just getting crushed. Dang. All right. So the next question. So this one comes from 10 Little Men. And I think this is a fun question. Um, so what you need to do here, uh, it's a little bit different than a normal questions. So he wants to know what secrets of three moves will always result in a four times super effective hit. So you can use four move or three moves in sequence and you'll always make sure that you hit your opponent with a four-time super effective hit. So, three moves. They don't all have to be on the same Pokemon. Unless, I guess, it's Smeargle, But I mean, would one be like... what? So, it has to be something that changes the opponent's type or changes your attack type, right? I'd imagine so. Uh, so, it can't really be Soak with either Trick or Treat or uh, the other one, for- Forest's Curse. Because I don't believe water shares any weaknesses with those two types. Mm. Well, don't rem- don't forget there are moves that that are odd with their type typing super effectiveness as well. Oh yeah, that's true too. So. Wait, what? Okay, I I'm probably not gonna be any help then because oh like, okay, so it's forest that. curse. You use soak first, then you use forest curse, and then you use freeze dry. Is that your okay. final answer? Yeah, that is correct. Because Soak will change your opponent's type into a water-type Pokemon. Forest Curse will tack on the grass-type to that, making your opponent a water-grass-type. And then if you use Freeze-Dry, that is super effective on the grass-type and also on the water-type. 
So there you go. That is that is one point for you guys. One out of three. Let's see if we can get you guys some points. Question number four is your bonus question as always. Um, this one has two points. And because I'm nice to you guys this week, there is also an additional point you can get if you uh, get even better with the specifics here. Okay. So the question is, what is the name of the person who introduces you to contests in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? That's for one point if you get her name. For a second, I know her name. For a second point, uh, what is her signature Pokemon? And for a third point, what is the nickname of that Pokemon? Oh, it's Lysia and her Altaria Ali, or Ali, because it's a male Altaria, which Mashiri, uh, Chad's female Machoke has infatuation with. So, what was the girl's name one more time? Just Lysia, Lysia, Alicia. That sounds right. Okay, Lysia with Ali the Altaria. That is correct on all accounts. I'll give you three points for that. Um, so that you guys are four for four right now. <laughs> Boom. Good one, Sigma. That was amazing. I was like, I just played this and I definitely like skipped over all the dialogue. <laughs> no, her lore is interesting. She's like the niece of Wallace. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So for your fifth point and your fifth question, we always have a base deck question. And today I want to know what fairy type Pokemon has the highest base attack stat of all fairy type Pokemon? Attack, physical attack. Bulu comes to mind. But yeah, I was thinking one of the Tapus. Oh yeah, Bulu's the strongest one. Um, but I think Xerneas might be like one point higher for some reason. Really? Okay. Um, um, I don't remember for sure. Like I think it might be one thirty-one. But uh, is there a mega physical fairy type? I was thinking, is Mega Altaria special? Uh, uh, it's mixed, it, mixed but, but it's also like, not it, high it's because n- it's mixed. Either way, yeah, it's not as... What else is fairy that's Mega? Because it's Gen Mega 7, Gardevoir, maybe. which does nothing. Right. <laughs> that's a special it, attacker. In Audino stays normal type, right? Uh, it becomes a fairy type, but it's it also an Audino, so it's, right, <laughs> it's not physically attacking either. <laughs> I was just thinking of what fairies there were. Uh, like, Granbull might be up there, too, but it's a Gen 2 Pokemon, so its stat shouldn't be that lopsided unless it's a defensive stat. <laughs> so I think we're between Bulu and Xerneas, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because there are any fairy Like, I feel like Xerneas and Eveltal's attacking stats are, like, 131 for some reason, but it could be 121. And I'm pretty sure Bulu's is 130, so. Hmm. So, so we're looking at either a difference between one stat point or nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to need that wait, answer. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, you can take a pick between the two. Oh, boy. All right. I'm banking on Xerneas. Okay. That is unfortunately incorrect. Ah. The answer is none of the things you said. Oh. <laughs> by the way. Um, so Xerneas is at 131. It is the second highest attack stat of all fairy type Pokemon. Bulu's at 130, which is the third highest of all fairy type good call, Pokemon. Good call. Uh, unfortunately, though, the number one spot goes to Mega Deonsi. Oh, yeah. Base yeah. 160 yeah. attack stat. The, dang, we skipped every Mega. We went through every one except for that one. <laughs> I just forget Mega Deonsi is a thing. I think most people do. <laughs> because it has like massive defense stats. If it's not Mega Evolved, and then it mm-hmm. just loses those. And... Exactly. Well, I always like, for whatever reason, group uh, Deonsi and Magearna together in my head. And I know Magearna is not a fairy. So I'm like, it is Magearna a fairy, is though. a fairy, though. <laughs> How do I not? How how how? Why have I thought it's psychic this entire time? Well, You've been wrong. It. <laughs> uh, it's another uh, whimsicott was flying. Yep. All right. So that is it, though. You guys got four points today. 
So that does that does move around things a little bit. It puts Sigma on the board because they I haven't been keeping up with the sideshows. I had one somewhere. I haven't been keeping Last up week. the sideshows at all, so don't blame me. So right now we have Scrawn in first place with 17 points, followed up by Basket in second with 12. Tied for third place, we have a three-way tie with Sublime, Whimsicott, and Bosefis, all with 10 points apiece. Ooh. In sixth place, we have Seth Vilo. In seventh, we have Jushiro. And in eighth and ninth, or in eighth, tied for eighth, we have Sigma and Linian with four. I haven't done the sideshow points, so I, I apologize. Uh, and then uh, Snag and Shamu have yet to get on the board. So there we are, guys. So we are going to kick it on over from here to the topic right after this short break. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, PucklePodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Puckalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash Puckle Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is Gen 7 things we want to see in Generation 8. And I think this is an interesting topic because they there, there's always going to be something that's just lost from going from one generation to another. We're going to see something not transfer over that we enjoyed. Uh, my only thing that I can say right off the top of my head is something that I wish doesn't make it from Generation 7 to Generation 8, and that's honestly Festival Plaza. <laughs> that's that's one. The thing is, Let's Go doesn't give me much hope either, because Let's Go's online system is far worse. It I don't know how they make <laughs> you miss Festival Plaza, but they do, because Let's Go doesn't even tap into your Switch's friends network. You just type in a three Pokemon code, essentially. So you're essentially typing in a three-digit code. You pray that it's the right person on the other end. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm kind of hoping that we get a better system. Like, if they could bring... This isn't Gen 7, I guess, per se, but if they could bring back the PSS in some form, I think that would be fantastic. Because, you know, if you're playing, like, a 3DS game or even a Switch game, you can see, like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah's online. Uh, playing this game and if you could just get that little pop down like oh hey they're also playing pokemon and you can like tap a menu on the side and that menu pops up and you can see oh hey sigma's online i can tap your face and then you and i trade perfect that was a great time in uh, gen 6 they could just yeah. do that in pss i know we're losing the bottom screen but i think they can do it well i think that the reason that they did away with the pss like as replaying or as like they want you to use it for other things like they can't expand if they keep doing that but now like they're off that platform and they just have their, I mean, you're going to go back to a menu system instead of a bottom screen. Um, then like, yeah, I think that they were trying to use festival plaza as kind of that prototype to get you from two screens to one screen with online connectivity, Nintendo. I know you're listening. Pokemon. I know you're listening. I don't want to run around in an overworld to connect with online players. I want to tap their face and I want to do it. PSS was just so simple. Yeah. K K I S S. Pokemon, the only problem that I had, like, Festival Plaza would have been okay, and I would have been really cool with the idea of, like, oh, hey, let's bring back these Joint Avenue-esque features, minus the fact that you can't always find your friends. Yeah, the Festival Plaza itself was great. It's just that it was the only online connectivity thing. Like, if it was itself, 
and then you had the PSS extra, like that'd be great. If they would have combined the PSS with Festival Plaza, I would have been okay with it. I would have been I would have been right. okay if I could just see my friends the instant they get online. Like that's what I want, and Festival Plaza was very bad at it. Yeah, yeah. I continually had to refresh whenever you're trying to find a battle for a competition. Exactly. That's that's mm-hmm. really the problem. And I, I hope they fix something like that. But I, I mean, enough about things I don't want to see from Gen Seven and make it to Gen Eight. Number one thing I want to see return though, Rotom decks for sure. Really? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I was going to say I'm I like... wanted to tack that on while we're talking about things we don't want to see. No, but the thing I really want to see most return is something like Pokepelago. The Pokepelago yes. was really cool. I was I, I was it. really a big fan of Pokepelago. I didn't realize when I first got Sun and Moon that you could just go there straight away. I thought we had to unlock it at some point. You do. You yeah, I did too. Charizard. That okay, yeah, once true. you because you got to fly there. Yeah, like just the features of that and it, it, the way it was immersed into the region was like so great. And I remember going back for months and months and months and months after beating Sun and Moon and not even really playing, just to like you know keep going, keep getting my Pokemon through. They're using the level up spot to like complete my decks, using whatever else. And it was like yeah, it was just fun. It was something to give me to log into every day. Oh, absolutely. I, I I like having little dailies like that. I, mm-hmm. if we want to do that, I would say bring that back. But it, even before Gen 7, on top of that, I honestly want to go all the way back to Gold and Silver because Gold and Silver really? and Diamond and Pearl, I think, were some of the best in terms of like dailies in terms of, in, in the Pokemon world because they had things like, oh, only this happens on Tuesday and Thursday. Only this happens right. on Monday. And I would be so down for something like that to return in Pokemon. Like if we had bug catching contests that only happened three days a week again. I would be yeah. all over that. I don't even care if I've got 20 Scyther already. I'll go to bug catching contest. Just because it's Tuesday, bug catching contest, not going to lie, that's always so fun. Like, it's no different mm-hmm. than, like, catching any other Pokemon, but that the stakes on it always makes it so much more and fun. And you know how you make it better? Yeah, what you do is you introduce, like, online connectivity. So, like, it's Tuesday, and so you know what happens on Tuesday? I go on stream, I start playing bug catching contests, and viewers can come and play with me. Or on top of that, it's it's Tuesday, so me, Bo, our Sigma get together and we do a bug catching contest together. Oh, you're blowing my mind. Someone sounds okay. I want it. I didn't even know I wanted that. Right? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that's just like that. That's such a good way to do it, though. Like you could implement these dailies, and I I love having dailies because that's how you just get people to come back. It's literally Animal Crossing, but in Pokemon. And, and oh man, that's so cool because they don't have to do anything for that. Like it's just in the game. Yeah, like, I know that would pit, that would make so many people so mad. Like, well, can I just do bug catching contest every day? But then your online get activity on those days is going to be way spiked. Like that's yeah, it's kind of a right? <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's okay. It's uh, if you've ever read the book Ready Player One, I haven't. I saw the movie though. Uh, <laughs> the movie has the same outcome, like where the where the kid wins and. Uh, he shuts down the Oasis two days a week or something like that, which honestly, in retrospect, is a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. what if somebody works and their two days off that week are Tuesday and Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, but like, I mean, if you do it like three, four days a week, though, like it's going to hit somebody's free time, you know? And on top of that, you can say the same thing about battle competitions that we have now, right? We, we already have it to an extent in, in those. So, I mean, you put something like that, and that's a lot of fun. And it, again, even in Splatoon, like Salmon Run, you, you have these timed events for that as well. So uh, I, I would be totally okay with just bringing back something like Bug Catching Contest. 
This has nothing to do with Gen 7. We we are totally off the topic that we had agreed about. But uh, <laughs> this is turning into uh, things that we wanted in previous generations in Generation 8. Okay. So how about something from uh, Let's Go? Trainer titles. I am okay with that, actually. How do we not have those yet apart from Let's Go? It's such a simple thing, too, right? And it, wouldn't it be awesome if it was, like, massive and it was the full, like, what will probably be 900 Pokemon decks at this well, point? I was thinking not even, like, titles like Let's Go does, where it's like, you're this Pokemon Master, but titles like Pokken has. Mmm. Where it's just, like, random adjectives that kind of work together. That would be interesting. I mean, I would love something where it's more inclusive of the title, right? Where you have more options for the title, because I think they had it started right in Sun and Moon, with, like, the trainer poses and everything. Yeah, that's great. really cool customization, but I think, but there's, like, eight of them, right? So let's go just like a little bit farther. They're doing really good. Like they're in the right direction. And this is something I could actually see them doing. I don't see them bringing back bug catching contests and doing online PVP bug catching contest. But I, I do absolutely see them improving on the customizable uh, part of Pokemon. Yeah, hopefully we step back from the Hawaiian style next generation and get like regular clothes again. Like I would just like a mix of both, like just take X and Y's closet and mix it with Sun and Moon's closet, right? Yeah, because Sun and Moon had everything have to be a tank top. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, like I've said this before, but I think we're going to really go back to Sun and Moon in future generations. And that's going to have a lot of replayability just because of the location. Like it's going to be a lot different because almost all of our locations before that have been like, you know, Gens 1 through 4 were almost the same, minus Gen 3. And then, like, Gen 5, uh, it, it's similar terrain. And, and even Gen 6, like, it's all, like, almost similar terrain, similar uh, weather, like, everywhere. But um, I think we're going to have a lot of replayability with Sun and Moon for that. I agree with that. I think it, it, once we get to another generation, I think it'll age well. That's Yeah, that's what I mean. It'll age really well. I think it'll age really well. I am more worried about it not aging well i'm not worried about not aging well like something like i don't know gold and silver as much as i love gold and silver they did not age well they they are probably objectively like the worst games to play through diamond and pearl aren't great either but diamond and pearl aren't great either that's true as well no they're pretty rough to be honest as far as playthroughs go yeah, you're probably right. Like Gen Four wasn't yeah. the best to play through, and I did I did a Gen Five playthrough, and then I started a Gen Four playthrough, and I was like, "Wow, did I have some roserade colored glasses?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for both those gens, you have to have a, like rose colored glasses. Gen Five at least had something that was like a little bit fresher uh, in terms of like story, and I mean, at least it's different Pokemon than your general Pokemon that you see, because I think, I think we've kind of gotten to the point where the third version of the games kind of just brings everything together. And if, right. and if, in terms of like Pokemon, like, okay, in the first version, they really push the new Pokemon. They push them. They don't make them the, they don't make them the spotlight anymore in Gen 6 and Gen 7, but they push them. Mm-hmm. And in Gen, and then when you get the, the director's cut, like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, you start to see more of the old Pokemon pop up in the overworld and just in general, you see more of the old Pokemon, which is fine. I, I think the problem with Diamond and Pearl was that Diamond and Pearl tried to be that third version-esque and didn't push the new Pokemon enough. <clears throat> I think, except for like the first few routes, like when you first start the game, you're just like, man, I have my, I have my Chimchar and I just caught a Budu and I caught a Shinx. And, like, it's a bunch of new stuff. And then, like, first cave is like, here, have a Geodude. And a Zubat. <laughs> and a Zubat. And then you need the Geodude if you chose Chimchar because you're fighting a Rock-type gym. And- <laughs> Unless you get Mach Punch. 
And yeah, unless you get mock punch on on your Chimchar. And so like you're not having a good time. They did a bad job in that in terms of like the Pokemon diversity. Well, that's because a third of the decks is based on old Pokemon that they didn't put in the game. Yes. Looking at you, Tangrowth. (laughs) They put it in Platinum. Uh, I don't think you can catch Tangela in Gen 4 at all. You can. You can. You can catch it in the Safari, in the Great Swamp, in Platinum. I don't believe that. Uh, I'm going to fact check you, but at the same time, we'll continue having a conversation. If I'm wrong, you can give me all my birthday spankings this year. I I don't want to win now. Um, <laughs> so I'm right. I'm right. I don't yeah, wanna, I'm, okay. not gonna, I'm not going to look this up anymore. Uh, <laughs> you win. Bo, you win regardless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up Tangle at Great Marsh. It's going to tell me. Yes, I think it was in the Great Marsh. I could be wrong, though. In Platinum, it is in the Great Marsh. So I do not have to give you birthday spankings. Uh, well, boom. Thank Diamond God. and Pearl, you had to Diamond and Pearl, you had to, tra- you had to bring it up from Gen 3. Yeah, the one thing... Okay, here's something that I also don't... This is becoming what we don't want to see return. But, like, I don't want to see third versions anymore. I don't want to see directors cut games. Because, like, I am I had a bad taste in my mouth with Sun and Moon. Not going to lie. Like, I, I think a lot of anyone I, to buy Sun and Moon. Like, I would not tell anyone to buy those games. Like, if you're going to play Gen 7... Play the Ultra versions. It's the exact same game, but the but the story is like a little bit upped, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. I agree with you entirely. I, I honestly think Platinum did a better job than Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, but maybe that's partially because it didn't tease us like Ultra Sun Ultra yeah. Moon did, because Ultra Sun Ultra Moon never came out and was just like, oh, hey, look, we are just the same game with new elements, right? And we all had we all had this expectation. I think it was built up as a Pokemon fan from Gen 5 when we got the sequels, right? And we were just like, mm-hmm. man, this is a new bar for just, like, adding games to the same region. This is a new bar. You can't, like, once they did that, I don't think there was going back to Platinum. But they tried to. And the problem was they did that. They came out with two versions just like they did with Black and White 2. So we're sitting there like, oh, man, here comes sequel time. And uh, which it could have worked. They could have really done it. They didn't have different names. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, I, I would have really liked a, a, a Sun and Moon 2. I think Sun and Moon 2 would have done way better. Absolutely. And I, I think the problem is, I don't know. I just feel like the people at Game Freak who are in charge of the numbers or who read the numbers in terms of their sales just don't really understand their fan base. Maybe they understand the Japanese fan base, maybe, but they don't understand the US fan base because, because if you look at Black and White 2, they are the worst selling Pokemon games. Right. But that's just because of what they follow. It, it, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's because they were the last they were they were coming out on a system that was already dated because by the time Black and White 2 came out, the 3DS already existed for a year and a half. It had already been out for a while. And yeah. so it came out. So nobody's going to buy it because it's on an old system. And they're just like, Meh, I'd rather play some 3DS Mario Land. And plus they were already bitter about black and white because they didn't yeah, and like then black and white which just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth because nobody wanted a soft reboot of pokemon nobody wanted that except for maybe a couple of youtubers and so like that just killed the sales because it was the second game on the same piece of hardware you can say the same for sun and moon too right um, yeah if you look at x and y sales numbers versus sun and moon sales numbers x and y did slightly better because x and y were the first on a new piece of hardware right and then sun and moon's like oh here's more of the same Sun and Moon benefited because it came out in the same year that Go came out as well. So I'm kind of yes. curious on what the sales numbers would have been had Go not released that year. I agree with that. Mm, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think X and Y were just X and Y were done well. But I think it's because honestly, like if we got Gen 9 on the Switch, for example, I don't think Gen 9 will sell as well as Gen 8 on the Switch. Mm-mm. Not, I mean, not without a lot of outside help or a lot of outside hype. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think Gen 9 would do as well on the Switch as Gen 8. Because it's going to be old at that point, right? You're gonna people are gonna right. be like unless unless Nintendo somehow announces like, hey, we're just going to keep doing different Switch iterations for the rest of our lives, which I kind of sort of expect to an extent. Like I I feel like the Switch is going to be like their new Wii in a sense, and we're going to get the Wii U, which is a, or the Switch U or whatever, you know, and it's essentially going to mm-hmm. be a Wii, but they won't make the mistake of calling it the Switch U, <laughs> right. The new Switch. Yeah, the one thing... Okay, so if we want to bring something back from previous generations into Generation 8, and I know that... I mean, maybe there's no need for this anymore because it's on the Switch now, but man, would I love like something Stadium-esque, right? Like, we, we can talk... No way! We can talk about Stadium, like... I don't even know if Stadium's necessary, actually, if it's now that it's on the Switch. I don't think it is at all. I would be down for, like, a mode, though. Like, a Stadium-esque mode. Yeah, just... I mean, but isn't that kind of like what your Battle Tree is? I mean, like, I know it's not, but, like... Let's like a kill battle the Battle frontier. Tree. Let's kill the Battle Tree and bring back I mean, the Battle right. Frontier. Absolutely. No, I'm on that side all the way. Like, the Battle Tree was just the lazy iteration of a Battle Tower. All of it them is. were. All of them were. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, why didn't the subway lead anywhere? That would have made it so much more interesting, but they didn't. <laughs> Huge missed opportunities. They're, well, I mean, they messed up. Like, they did the first Battle Frontier so well, and then they just kept oh shooting themselves in the foot, right? If you kept just bringing back the same, the same Battle Frontier, they would just bring back the Emerald Frontier, exactly, and maybe with new Pokemon, I think it would be perfect. I think nothing else is needed. That that was perfection. That was the peak. Same brain. They can even use the same brain. They can literally <laughs> use the same everything, and I will not care. That's great. <laughs> like, legitimately, yeah, everything can be the months. same. Bring back Tucker. <laughs> the one thing I <laughs> always wanted them to bring back from an old generation is from Pokemon XD. They had the battle CDs, where it's oh, like, here that- is your team of Pokemon, and this is a puzzle. Figure out this puzzle. That was cool. That was something that was really cool. And that's such a cool concept that, unfortunately, since Game Freak didn't make that game, I don't expect them to ever, like, revisit bring it. Bring it back. Yeah. But... If we want to talk about Gen 7 and bring back something from Gen 7, uh, here's, a, here's, like, a really roundabout way to make it a Gen 7 concept. We get Pokemon Coliseum and XD on the virtual console for the Nintendo Online service with a Poke transfer tool, like, from Red and Blue to gen 7 but to gen 8 we just need that it needs to happen yeah in a perfect world in a perfect world it would be perfect right i would love to get a good just like being able to play xd and gale of darkness on the go uh, or not xd yeah. coliseum and gale of darkness on the on the go would be just sweet i would be so happy to play those handheld and i guess how you technically can um because people have found a way to like make the gamecube portable I don't know. You guys probably aren't in it as much as I. I'm really into like the retro gaming scene. And so I, I do a bunch of mods and stuff like I've modded Game Boy Advances and stuff. And this is just like a, a side thing that Thatch does for funsies um, when he's not doing Puckle or working a job or Perlers yeah, or Perler beads. Yes, uh, <laughs> I I go ahead and I, I like do fun stuff like that. So like I, I go and mod consoles and, and try to build it mostly because like I'm I'm kind of like a, an electronics guy. I mean, that's what my research is all about in physics. Like, I work on electronic materials and stuff like that. So it's kind of just like getting into that. I mean, I would totally be down, though, for super easy, portable XD Gale of Darkness and Coliseum. I will be a lifetime Nintendo Online subscription service member if that ever came to the console. As if I was not already going to be a lifetime uh, Nintendo Online (laughs) member. But uh, because I got to play that Splatoon. And Tetris. Can't forget the Tetris Battle Royale. (laughs) 
I also want to see, I mean, I know we're going to, but like uh, a Poké Ride come back. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, HM should be dead. We killed HMs. HMs are dead. I, mean, I think we can pronounce it. It's, uh, what was it? November 17th, 2016. Uh, I now pronounce HMs dead. Like, uh, <laughs> they're not coming. They killed them in Let's Go, too. So Yeah, I saw that. That's that's great, because it's just your partner Pokemon. Yeah, so they, they found a way around it, even for that, which honestly makes me think remakes just aren't happening in the way that we think remakes are ever going to happen again. I mean... I can't wait for a Sinnoh where we don't have to use HMs because that was the biggest flaw of Sinnoh was you needed so many HMs to get anywhere in that stupid region. And there's Rock Climb, there's Rock Smash, they're all like weird different types. Defog. They're never good. They're never good types. Let's be completely honest. Like, I think the only HMs that people ever use in any sense as an attack are probably Surf. And then Fly Fly only happens now because Flynium Z is an, uh, an item. And the same things like, with right. Defog, because... Yeah, Defog got buffed, though. Thank- thankfully, Defog got buffed. Yeah, Defog was useless before. It lowered evasion. <laughs> yeah, I love that it's hazard removal, though. That was such a good play. That was, yeah. That made a, a useless move good. Yeah, that was a good play. That was a good Gen 7 thing. I mean, if we're going to talk about things to bring back from Gen 7, make make some old, old garbage moves useful again. Like, because we because HMs are gone, we still have, like, their husks remaining now. Because right. cut's still in the game, strength's still in the game, and like there's just like a few other moves. Flash. Uh, but yeah. they're more like signature moves now, though. That's cut fine is, with me. Make them useful. Like <laughs> it's like Cartano learns cut. It's like, but you're never gonna teach it that, right? Machamp no strength. It's flavor text. Yeah, Machamp no strength. Yeah, but give those moves like something good about them, other than like, oh hey, these are just normal type moves from Gen One. <laughs> What if they gave you the option to use them in the overworld over Poké Ride? I would be okay with that. Like, that would be okay. I would be too. I think that'd be really cool. I think that'd be really That would be a lot. nice level of immersion into the mm. game. Yeah. I would Because like then, then it lets you use the, the Pokémon Uber service, or it lets you be your own capable trainer. The Pokémon Uber service. That's what we're going with. Yeah. That's what Poké Ride has always been. It's been Poké Uber. I No, because you don't have to wait and get, like, an awkward driver. Minus the Machamp. Well, yeah, okay, that's true. And I also want to go with PokeLift because I... Because <laughs> <laughs> Uber doesn't background check their drivers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to put in as much effort as they did with Let's Go, getting every Pokemon as a, pot- well, not potential ride, but, you know, looking mm-hmm. through the backlog of Pokemon and saying, yeah, we could ride I, that. I think that's something that'll come back, though, too. I think we're going to get more Pokemon in the overworld, whether it be following you or not. I just want more Pokemon in the overworld in general. Like, They've been working on that, though. In ge- like, if you look at Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, they put a lot more in the overworld than they did in Sun and Moon. And they did, and it was not so many uh, repeated Pokemon. Yeah. Like, if you go through it, you'll see, like, everybody has a Pidgey or whatever, you know, like, exactly. every town. It was done really a, well, a though. Yeah, I thought it was done really well, and then also in Let's Go, they did the same thing, and it was done very well. So I, I fully yeah. expect Gen Eight to really take a hold of like, like we saw Let's Go. I think Let's Go is just kind of a taste of what we're gonna get. Yeah, I'm hoping we get that again, but I don't know if we'll get that in the first set of games from Gen Eight, or if we have to wait a little while for them to fix all the models and make sure they all work. I think that we will because Let's Go was kind of a rough draft, and you can tell that it was rushed. Oh, right, we talked yeah. about this on the show briefly. Like it was a definitely a rush mm-hmm. product. And I think Gen 8's going to be the more polished version of that. They are definitely going to finish it. I I definitely trust Game Freak to care more about the Gen 8 game than to care about the Let's Go franchise. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I fully think that they were just in, hey, who cares mode? Let's just get this out because Papa Nintendo wants to breathe down our neck and want, wants a game. Well, even as a creator's standpoint, like, at some point you got to be like, okay, well, we've done Kanto, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you want to work on something new. You're like, I already know all these. I, I'm almost certain that Let's Go originated as a tech demo. You think so? Yeah. I, no, I really do. Because I think Game Freak was trying to train themselves to work in the HD environment for the first time. Because um, Nintendo learned that that became a bigger hurdle than they expected when they went from the Wii to the Wii U. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo was like, oh, hey, heads up, Game Freak. You need to like really be prepped to go to HD. And they were probably like, well, if we're going to work in HD, let's just remake Kanto in HD as like a as like a practice run. And then mm. then Nintendo's like, hey, you guys need to put out a game now. And they're like, man, the Switch is way more successful than we thought it was. Take that thing that we made and just make that the game. And <laughs> and and that's what they did. I like that's pretty much what they did. They're, right. they're just like, I mean, I can see it. They're like, Masuda, put that Pokemon Go concept thing you came up with in there, too. It's going to be a hit. Like, let's go from a marketing standpoint was such a good thing on their part, because like they uh, Nintendo is breathing down their neck trying to get them to put a game out. And they're like, you know what? Let's make this a win-win-win. And they integrated Pokemon Go. They brought back Kanto. And they brought it. It's a good way to get into the franchise. Put it on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a pretty good first game. Especially like like uh, my younger cousins. They, you know, they like Pokemon because I like Pokemon. But they really would go out and play Pokemon Go with their parents. And now when they got a Switch, now they're playing Let's Go. Mm-hmm. That's It's different, but it's also the same. It's a good have. transition. It's a good transition, a super good transition. From, from what I would say. If you were to start with Pokemon Go and then go to Let's Go, I think it would be a much easier pill to swallow when you go to real Pokemon. And, and the other thing about it is it's also co-op. So like siblings, like, you know, give your younger brother a turn is not a thing anymore. <laughs> you know, give, give, your, give your younger brother or give your sister the other Joy-Con. You yeah, know? exactly. That's there. Or like, you know, parents can play with their kids. So like the kid wants to play, but, you know, they, maybe they can't keep up. Like, the parent can guide them through the game, and they're still playing without, like, oh, beat this boss for me, give me the controller. Exactly. Or, like, what I used to do with my brother is just give him another controller that wasn't even plugged in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's great. Absolutely. I, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it, that's our thoughts. Uh, we're going to take a short break here, guys, and we'll be right back at you with that Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip-flop. Hey, guys. My producer told me I need to be more hip with the kids for these tea public commercials, so here we go. Let's dab on the haters and Pokemon Go to the tea public store this Valentine's Day when the tea public store is on sale on the 13th and 14th of February. You can get cool designs such as our Altaria Airs logo on a t-shirt, a cool throw pillow, which actually does look pretty slick, a mug, or even a tote bag, which actually looks pretty cool as well. Uh, everything you purchase there help goes to supporting the podcast directly, and we really appreciate the support. And if you guys go there, we'll really appreciate it, and thank you. Even if you don't, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate your support, and we are going to kick it on over to that Pokemon of the episode, and I'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. <laughs> And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is no- National Dex number 724, Decidueye, the Arrow Quill Pokemon. It knocks its Arrow Quills and shoots them at opponents. When it simply can't afford to miss, it tugs the vine on its head to improve its focus. So before we get into the competitive side, I've just got a small story. 
Uh, Pokemon, the Tom, Tommy Pokemon has uh, little figures now, and it's got a little Decidueye figure that shoots an arrow. I bought it. Aww. I own it, so I can shoot little arrows at people with my Decidueye figure. <laughs> that's adorable. Isn't it adorable? That's by that's by Tommy. It's by Tommy. Yeah, it's like it's if you go to like Meyer or like you know wherever your like your local store is, you could probably pick it up for like ten bucks. Oh yeah, I live in Ohio. I have Myers. You live in the Midwest. Myers in the Midwest. It's not. It's in not St. Louis. Really interesting. I didn't. I mean, I never looked there. Um, that like when I went to St. Louis, it was literally oh, let's go to the convention center and then let's go to Emos. We have Schnooks. Okay, maybe it's there. Who knows? It could be at Wally maybe World it's too. Not. But Decidueye is an okay Pokemon. Its base stat total is 530. Base 78 HP is meh. 107 attack isn't bad. Uh, 75 defense is meh. 100 special attack, also not bad. Uh, 100 is a special defense isn't bad. And because it's a Gen 7 Pokemon, its base speed is 70. Fastest of the starters. Yeah, which is sad. Really sad. It also gets the grass ghost typing, which isn't unique to it, but is unique into that this makes it probably the most physically uh, attack-oriented version of that type combination. Um, he also Revenant. gets the exclusive move in Spirit Shackle and does get his own Z move, which is exciting. But uh, as always, we've built a team. As always, I say as always. This is like the fourth week we've done it. We built a team for Decidueye just to kind of get an idea of where it is. Decidueye is an NU Pokemon. And one of the best sets for it, uh, one of the most popular sets for it, and one that I thought is the most fun, because it's very rare that you get to use species-specific uh, Z-crystals in competitive Pokemon. Uh, you typically use, like, generic Z-crystals, um, unless you're running, like, gimmicky Kamo-OEM-Z. Or Mimikyu. Or Mimikyu. Let, let's Snuggle Forever is also a somewhat popular one, in VGC at least. And so it's, it's very rare that you get to use these, and so I really wanted to use the Deciduum Z set this week. Which is uh, just Decidueye, and you're running uh, you're running 252 speed, 224 attack, 32 HP. I forget what the HP status for, but uh, you run it jolly so you can get that sweet 262 speed. This is NU, so that actually isn't terrible. Swords Dance, Spirit Shackles, so you can make sure you get the Decidueye MZ. Also, Spirit Shackles is really nice. It's like damage dealing mean look. It's not that bad. Uh, Leaf Blade and Shadow Sneak, because if you get a Swords Dance going, you're actually doing pretty well in NU with Decidueye. Uh, the main threats for Decidueye, though, in this in in this team is really going to be Incineroar. Um, Incineroar does a lot to Decidueye. Decidueye can't really do anything to Incineroar. And so this team isn't spectacular against an Incineroar, but you get two options to go along with Decidueye here. You've got Incineroar with an Apapa Berry. Of course, you're running Intimidate because that's the only ability Incineroar has that's worth anything. And you max out attack, max out speed. You run it jolly just like the Decidueye and Flare Blitz knockoff Earthquake U-Turn. I do know people who have run Fake Out on their Incineroar in NU. I don't think it's really that worth it. There's plenty of other priority to be had in NU. So Incineroar uh, can counter other Incineroar. That's pretty much the game. <laughs> also, Slowbro's there as well. Slowbro can kind of take Incineroar. You don't want to take too many knockoffs. But Assault Vest, a Slowbro uh, with Scald, Future Sight, Fire Blast, Grass Knot does fantastic. We've got the spread, once again, on the website, PucklePodcast.com. We finally found a way to make that its own category on the front page, so it's easy to find as well. But that gives you a nice Firewater Grass Core, and because you're playing in NU, you kind of just fill it in with NU staples. <laughs> <laughs> choice Scarf Passimian is always a solid choice. It does really well against pretty much everything, so you just max out the speed and attack. You've got knockoff, close combat, you turn gunk shot. You you take on almost everything in the tier, and then you've got Steelix, uh, who's just a great rock setter. Um, Heavy slam does a lot to a lot of the annoying fairy types that are there, such as Mega Odno and also Comfey, uh, and the occasional Deonce. 
And then, of course, you've got, uh, following that up, we've got our own Comfey, because Priority Draining Kiss and Priority Giga Drain are just too good. I never got around to getting Calm Mind to work well on Comfey. That's just me. It's probably my playstyle. You could run HP Fire in that slot if you wanted to. Uh, in the Defog slot, you mean, yeah. No, no, in the Calm Mind slot. Oh, in the Calm Mind slot, that's true. Um, yeah, because we, we switched out a Hidden Power Fire for Defog early on, mostly because Hazards are a real problem in UU, or in NU, and our team didn't like Hazards. So we had to make sure we had some kind of removal there. Bo, any questions? No, I'm sitting here listening quietly. <laughs> quietly. I mean, are you learning anything about NU, the tier? I, I am. I learned that you need Incineroar. You kind of do. <laughs> yes. I, Incineroar is a really good Pokemon um, in the lower tiers. It is a really good Pokemon just because of that Intimidate and his attack stat is just mixes I up. I love Incineroar. Incineroar. He's so neat. He's neato. He is definitely neato. Wait for that Incineroar Amiibo to come up. Oof, I'm going to eat it. Everybody's going to eat it. I think Incineroar, Amiibo, like right now, Piranha Plant just came out. Piranha Plant's going to definitely be sold off the shelves. True, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Decidueye is a good Pokemon in that. I mean, there's definitely some other sets you can run on Decidueye. I th- this is just the one that I personally wanted to run. His move pool isn't super deep. I should warn people about that. Uh, Decidueye doesn't have the deepest move pool, but I, I really just like that set because I want to run Decidueye MZ. Decidueye MZ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think a couple other things to note is you could probably get away with running like Phytinium Z and running Low Sweep on your on your Decidueye if you're really worried about Incineroar. That's always an option because Low Sweep uh, Phytinium Z will definitely knock out Incineroar if you want to run that instead of Shadow Sneak. I like the Shadow Sneak priority, but this is also another option, especially for this team that is somewhat weak to Incineroar. Another option for it as well is the move that Decidueye gets that we talked about earlier today in the topic is Defog. Uh, it is one of the few defog users out there, and it can actually use it somewhat well. It gets defog, not to mention its special attack stat is almost as high as its attack stat, so you can actually run Leaf Storm on it and Shadow Ball. So it's not a bad mod. You can run some utility there with Decidueye. It's not great, but it's also not horrible. So definitely consider that if you want to run it. I, I don't know if there's too many other mentions that we can get. I mean, Nasty Plot exists, but you're not really going to use it. And it, like I said, uh, Sucker Punch is also there if you really want like Sucker Punch priority. But you already have Stab, uh, Shadow Sneak, which is almost the same thing. So that's pretty much Decidueye, though. It doesn't get. It does have Phantom Force too, but nobody wants Phantom Force. That is Decidueye for you. Uh, it was good in the TCG once. It pops yeah. up from time to time, but now we're in the team up meta. <laughs> yep. It's just there. It's just there. You just get in your little your little ten damage, and so Decidueye. I have my Decidu- My Decidueye's name is Robin Hoot, as it should be. Also, ProZD had that cute little skit when they were trying to name Decidueye. You just like, yeah, Decidueye. We we or uh, what? What are we gonna name Rawless Evolution? We want something with uh, we want something with like uh, pun on deciduous, like the tree. And somebody goes Decidueye. <laughs> and oh like like dead eye sniper yes that's what i meant yeah yeah that's mm-hmm, yes, no absolutely not i did i mean to be fair it is one of the cooler designs i think it's got a really cool design too bad they couldn't give it stats to meet the design i i think you if you weren't really wanted to like fix it and make it better i think literally what you do is you choose one attack stat either special attack or physical attack drop the other by 30 and give it the speed and give it to speed. Exactly. That's all you have to do. And the Decidueye is great. I've actually fully expected Decidueye to be the Greninja of this generation, just with how many people loved Rollet right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they definitely like, I don't know, Pokemon company definitely like chooses their own. They, 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 they choose their, they choose the successors before anything else. Like, um, Greninja was chosen for Super Smash Brothers before X and Y came out. Whoa. 
And so th- that's just like a reference. And like, obviously, Greninja is like the best of the Gen 6 starters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like by far. And so, or at least the most popular. And so I was I was fully expecting like Decidueye to get that treatment and be like Decidueye in Smash. I'm like, that'd be cool because we don't get like good grass type Pokemon in Smash, right? We got we got Greninja. We got Charizard. We've got uh, we've got Ivysaur, I guess, technically Ivysaur. now. How do you not say that's a great Pokemon? Yeah. Ivysaur is like probably the best. Ivysaur is cool, but I would, I honestly would have really loved Sceptile in Smash. But isn't Sceptile in Pokken? Uh, probably. Yes. Decidueye is now too. Yeah. But there is definitely Pokken and Smash Brothers overlap in Charizard and Lucario and Mewtwo and Pikachu. And, uh, Pikachu. Let's just put all the Pokemon that are in Pokemon over on Smash. Okay. I, mean, I don't want all of them. I, Not I Greninja. Don't, like, <laughs> Greninja yeah. doesn't get to right, go. No, I, 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 I get it, though. I mean, I like that they kind of split it up. Um, it's too bad that Primarina doesn't have, like, a thing that she's on. Uh, well, I, I really just want, like, a grass-type fully evolved starter to, like, make an appearance in a Smash Brothers game. That'd be cool. Like that, maybe that's the thing that I want in Gen Eight. You know, I want I want the grass type starter to take the take the forefront, right? We had we had the la- the last two gens. You had the water starter take the forefront, and then you had the fire type starter take the forefront. Let the grass type starter this time take the forefront. Um, one last thing before we jump into mailbag that I want to mention is, um, you know how in Gen Six, there the three starters are based on like the archetypes of like um, fantasy. You know, being like the 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 paladin, the mage, and the. Uh, and the uh, the rogue, the ninja. Yeah, I did. I didn't notice that, but okay, continue. They did the same thing in Gen Seven. Okay, except this time it's a ranger, a uh, a berserker, and a bard. Oh yeah, we're trying to get that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fire Pokemon Fire Emblem crossover lineup set. Yeah, we gotta get that <laughs> set up. You know, we even have we have a lord in Superior. Can I marry Primarina? <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you? I wanted to talk about starter speculation, but it's, there's no point to do it now. But, oh, man, it could totally happen. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, if you want to know, it's going to be a grass mammoth. All right. Uh, that's it for the poke of the episode. If you want this team, you can definitely check it out on our website, pokopodcast.com. And if you would like to get a Decidueye of your own, like the one we talked about on the show today, we are going to do a distribution later this week, probably on Tuesday. That's when we'll start it, and it'll go for a week uh, for this Decidueye. If you are a patron... Uh, you will get a better version of it. Um, if you're not a patron, you will get like the low budget version, probably without EVs or something in it. So uh, definitely keep a lookout for that if you want to grab a hold of this Decidueye. So I guess that's it for this. Uh, we are going to kick it on over, though, guys, to the mailbag. It's mail time. It's time for the mailbag. Send in your emails. And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by the energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves! And as always, we'll give out the Green Tauros badge if we remember. Uh, that's how I just need to say it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, vote. Uh, so this is the segment of the show where we read listener emails. You can send in an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. One more time, that is pucklepodcast at gmail.com. According to the survey results, you guys do not know that the email address is pucklepodcast at gmail.com. P-U-C-L podcast at gmail.com. It's also in the show notes. So just take a look there. Um, we, every week we ask you guys a question about what you think. We wanted to ask you guys about what you think uh, Gen, Gen 8 might bring in terms of like Ultra Beast and Pokemon design. So we got a few emails from you guys and we're going to try to dive right into them. So our first email is going to be from Mac. Uh, and Bo, you've got this one. Sure do. 
Hello, Thatch and co-hosts. It is I, Mac, back again for another mailbag. I will not stop sending till I get that green Tauros badge. So, Generation 8. I'm expecting a uh, region based on Spain, based on the fact that those designers went to Spain, which could have been for research. I cannot remember who went, and Google does not provide much, so I'm basing purely on memory, so this this could be some random thing from the depths of my brain. (laughs) Okay. I do remember this as well, to be fair. Like, if he's worried about just thinking that this happened and not remembering, I do remember this happening as well. This happened just after X and Y, though. It didn't happen after Sun and Moon happened. Oh, okay. But nonetheless, I do not work at the Pokemon company, so I got no idea what's going on, uh, what is happening. Anyway, I could see many things stemming from a region based in Spain. Also, regional variants must come back. Oh, yeah, that's something we, I want to see, too, in Gen 7, that we did, or from Gen 7, we didn't talk mm-hmm. about the topic, but... But regional variants, I think, are a must. Yeah, absolutely. Design-wise, I want a peacock Pokemon. We all <laughs> want a majestic peacock Pokemon, to be honest. I love <laughs> a peacock. Peacocks are really cool, and they're actually like really aggressive. So I think it'd be really funny to have a beautiful like peacock Pokemon that's just like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The new region Snowdrio. No, there needs to be like a male and a female version, too, where the female just likes horribly worse. <laughs> because because that's like a design in birds. Like, birds, like, the males always look prettier than the females. I'm not sure if that's consistent with peacocks. I think it is, kind of. I'll have to check. I'm, I'll have to double check, because, like, that sounds right, but then I feel like it might not be. <laughs> um, but I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Ho-Ho does not count. No, he's a turkey. No, it does not. He's a turkey. He's a Christmas turkey, <laughs> color-wise. I think it should start with the flying type and drop it as an homage to the Aesop fable. I'm not familiar. I don't know either. Work it into the lore. It cannot fly due to the heavy tail feathers. Uh, uh, make it a dual type, psychic and something else, which I'm having trouble on deciding on. You just said f- start with the flying type. No, oh, he said you want to remove it. Then drop it because okay, the heavy yeah, yeah. tail feathers. What about like a, uh, another psychic steel, maybe? Psychic rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something else, which I'm having trouble deciding on. May not work in the Spain-based region. But still, sounds cool. One other Pokemon I would want is a Pokemon based on the Basilisk. Zygarde kind of fits this, but I want one more focused on it. Poison Dragon, winged and horned. Uh, signature move paralyzes or traps and deals uh, around 80 base damage. Maybe overpowered, but I'm sure Game Freak would balance it uh, better than I. But that is all for now. Thanks for reading this. Uh, this has been Mac, and I will catch you on the flip-flop. This is the closest I could get. Oh, it's, it's got an emoji of, oh, a, uh, yeah. of, a, of, a, of a high heel flip-flop. Hmm. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you for that, Mac. We really appreciate it. This next one is sent in from the Bearded Pangoro. Oh. Uh, I guess I'll take this one, Sigma. If you're sure, okay if you want to do it, I'll take the next one. Yeah. So, dear Thatch, an awesome co-host. Long-time listener, first-time writer, Bearded Panda, a.k.a. The Bearded Pangoro here. I first wanted to start by saying I love everything you guys are doing, and I thank you for all the hard work you guys do. Now to this week's mailbag question. I haven't heard many rumors, but I would like to see England as the region. I think they would be able to create some cool-looking mods based on that region, like a dragon steel type would be cool with, like, knight armor. I think we had this last week, too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think honestly, that's a really cool thing. If it, if they do England, we need something with night armor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that like Hone Edge like hangs out on for a little bit and then he leaves kind of like a, like the little fishies that stick to sharks. <laughs> I want a Pokemon, a, a Royal Guard Pokemon with those giant fuzzy hats. <laughs> I want. Hone Edge's Mantine. Yeah. I want Hone Edge's Mantine. That's what I want. Maybe even a gr- fighting ground type based on England's love for soccer with the ability quick feet or something like that. 
I didn't get a chance to send in an email about last week's question, but I would love to see get see Torkoal get an evolution. Maybe become a fire ground type with access to lava plume. Uh, isn't that just uh, it already has lava plume? Isn't that camera upped? Like Torkoal is actually pretty good now with its drought ability. With drought, I think it did pretty well. Yeah. Also, I'm with you, Thatch, and wanted to see for alligator get a mega evolution and water fighting would be pretty awesome. Yes, it would. <laughs> well, sorry to take up so much of your time. Thanks for reading my email. The bearded pangoro it didn't take up much of our time at all. That it's was like a nice two minutes. That was- Wait, this time is for you to take up. Yeah, this is we we it's set big. this aside for you, bearded pangoro. You. But also, it helps that you brought up the mega for alligator, probably one of the best megas that hasn't been existed yet. Brass knuckle for alligator. That's what I'm going to call him. And then I don't know. I, I think, Bo, you've probably heard the level of image, but then we get mega for alligator to punch the fist of mega blastoise. Yep. While before he does hydro before pump. he does hydro yep. pump. And then we just have an awesome it backfires cool explosion and his shell scene. explodes off the side of his hand. And he's like, Bro. yeah, yeah. I want like Wolverine. I want like Wolverine for alligator. This is kind of what I want. As soon as you said for alligator could then punch, I was like, he's going to punch Mega Blastoise. And then he said, yep. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. I've heard the Mega Blastoise too much. We brought the meme back. Uh, <laughs> we brought the meme back. Uh, all right. So that, I mean, thank you for that email. Thank you for that email. Our next one, though, is from a longtime listener, longtime writer, 10 Little Ben. All right, so here we go. Salutations, tantalizing thatch, bewitching bosophus, and righteous R-Sigma. It is I, Ten Little Men, returning once again to answer this week's mailbag question. I may as well start off with the obligatory, why the H-E hockey stick hockey stick weren't the ultra beast? Hockey stick emojis, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you can fill it in. They're, they're only they're only they're only available on Canadian iPhones. <laughs> That's so not fair. <laughs> but anyways, why weren't the Ultra Beasts more involved in the main story? Nihilgo was handled near perfectly, but the tease of the Kahuna's Rissi Ultra Beasts was grossly mismanaged to the point that it feels like a personal insult. At this point, I honestly hope they become a simple shoehorned in post game mechanic because I am a little scared ga- that Game Freak is just going to pull a Zygarde and randomly insert them adjacent to the main story and kill the cohesion of the next generation's main plot. I hope that in the next game there's just random ultra wormholes that pop up as you go along <laughs> and you can catch a Nihiligo. You collect and you Ultra Beast stickers, and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the little wormholes appear as you collect more. <laughs> what if now, what if the Ultra Wormholes acted like roaming Pokemon did, and it was like a random encounter, you're like, oh my gosh, a wormhole. Well, that's what they were in Sun and Moon, which is, which is the Yeah, problem. but if they actually like integrated them better, right? Right, because then it's like, oh my gosh, there's just like this freak event happening, do you want to jump in it? Oh yeah. Like, uh... Nope. <laughs> Why would you ever say no, Bo? What? Uh, I don't know, because I got cats I gotta feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, anytime anybody asks me to go anywhere, they're like, hey, you want to come out and do this? I'm like, oh, I gotta go home and feed my cats. Like, it's the greatest excuse. <laughs> I don't even have cats. All right. Let's con- I'm just kidding. I do. Let's continue on. Similar to Thatch, I really enjoy the RPG boss feel the Gen 7 took with Ultra Beasts and Totem Pokemon, so I initially was disappointed that you didn't battle Ultra Lusamine directly. However, upon further review, 
I have determined that actually battling ultralucimine would be a terrible idea. Maybe I'm just too old-fashioned, but if they ever release a Pokemon game where you can't actually catch them all, I think that would suck. I seriously doubt Lily would be as big of a fan of yours if you captured her mom and trained her as a Pokemon. 20 interdimensional flip-flops, 10 little men was sucked into a wormhole. There are other Pokemon that you can battle that you can't catch, though. Like the Ghost of Marowak, you can battle and you can't I catch. I think that's other, a like, different thing, though, because that was Gen 1 back before they figured out Pokemon. I mean, yeah, right. Back when the Wild Wild West, where anything can happen, they can do whatever they want. There's no formula. Because even in Gen 2, like if we look at the, if we look at the gold beta that was leaked last summer, and you look at that, like it looked like they were about to break a lot of the rules that they hold now. Because if you look at the rules that they host in terms of like creating new evolutions for Pokemon, they were very adamant, it looked like, about, um, well, it, nowadays they are very adamant about making sure that that Pokemon couldn't have evolved in a previous generation. Like it did not have access to the means. The only time this is missed is Mamoswine. It's literally the only time this is missed. Mm. But like, yeah, they make sure that Pokemon can't, uh, couldn't evolve. And if you look at the Gen 2 beta that they had made up, they were ready to just throw that out the window. That wasn't going to exist. They were going to have Leaf Yun because you're just going to use a Leaf Stone on an Eevee. They were going to let you evolve Eevee with a Moonstone, with a Sunstone, and just get the rest of the Eevee evolutions. And they like the rest of the Pokemon were just going to evolve by level up or something like that. So it was uh, it was definitely an interesting time. Uh, so I wouldn't claim anything that happened in Gen One should be like trend setting. So you said Mamoswine was the only one that broke the rule, but like yeah. But there's Electabuzz, there's Magmar, there's... Yeah, yeah, but no, no, but Electabuzz couldn't evolve into Electivire because he didn't have access to the Electrizer. Oh, it didn't have... It could not have... It could not have evolved. The only time this broke was with Mamoswine because Pyloswine was capable of learning ancient power in Gen 3. In Gen 1, I could get Leaf Stone but couldn't use it on my Eevee, and then in Gen 2, I could. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's the consistency they try to keep. Right, 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 right. Because, yeah, okay, so Pyloswine could learn ancient power in Gen 2. Yeah, and it didn't evolve. It's... Right. Just like Eeveeolite's probably stopping us from getting new evolutions. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you have to think about it like that. Well, like now their designs of Pokemon are all complete, so like I'm okay with that though. Like I'm okay with not getting new evolutions because let's be honest, like some of the Gen Four ones weren't that great. Most of the Gen Four ones. I I honestly adore pretty much all of them. Magmortar is one that I could live without. Yes, I think I think I think I think the ones that they were just like let's make you chubbier. I think I can live without. Yeah, a lot of them didn't just get chubbier. I mean, they got bit like Rhyperior just got fat. Like that's yeah, Rhyperior sure. is in that camp. I think Tangrowth is kind of in that camp too. I, but but like Tangrowth is, but like you don't you still don't know what's under it, so it could just be all fluff. You know, <laughs> it could just be all fine. You know what I mean? Like, um, but then there's also like Electivire just got buff. Oh, I think Electivire is cool. I think Electivire has enough of a design change. Yeah, and Mega and Weavile are good ones. Yeah, yeah, I was those say, are good yeah, ones. Mega Weavile, I love Togekiss. I know a lot of people don't, but I think Togekiss, Togekiss is a fat is one. It's beautiful. Togekiss got chubby too. Yeah. He, he get, but it's based on a blimp. Like he the, got chubby. Okay. Everybody, it looks like everybody in Gen 4 went to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet, and they just kind of went to town. Except for the ones that we just... Except for Yan Mega and Weavile. They were just like, we're sitting this one out, guys. And Electivire went to the gym. Yeah, and Electivire went to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> licky, licky, come on. You can't, you can't tell me. All right, you got me. You got me. Right. <laughs> that, that tongue got him in trouble. Yep. All right, but that is, uh, I mean, that's the mailbag. 
If you guys want to send an email next week, once again, you can send it into pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's pucklepodcast at gmail.com. I, I'm sorry. I, I seem like salty about this, but I, I don't like I say the I say the email so many times and P-U-C-L-P-O-D-K-C. You can't even spell it. Don't spell it. Don't listen to Bogus. And so if you want to email us next week, though, let us know what what features from previous Pokemon games you would like to see in Gen 8. We'd really like to hear from you at PucklePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to keep up with Puckle and just keep the awesomeness rolling, this Thursday we're coming out with an episode of Puckle Live where 10 little men, Dennis and I, uh, just discuss everything about Pokemon that we feel like talking about. You can check that out on the Puckle Plus feed as well as Game Corner and TCG Cast and the Inevitable Battle Cast will pop up later this week as well. Or later this month, not this week. It's coming out on the 28th. I apologize. And then, of course, if you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, and what's the other one? Reddit. Uh, we have been getting way more active on Twitter, so Twitter's probably where you'll be able to find stuff first and foremost. So if you want to come and check us out, Twitter is the place to go to really follow us on uh, follow us on social media. And of course, if you haven't already, check out our Discord. It's a great place to come and hang with the community. Sigma and I are almost in voice chat, like I'd say almost every other day. Yeah, just about just having time hanging out. So if you guys want to come and talk to us real time, this is a great place to do it. If you want to help support the show, there's a couple great ways to do it. First, you can go to twitch.tv slash the podcast where you can follow myself, the Orange Avenger and Jushiro on stream. And we just play various Pokemon games. I do viewer battles. Orange has been working on a speed run of red version, I think. Uh, and he's getting pretty good at it. And then uh, Jushiro is up there with TCG. And you can subscribe to us on Twitch or you could just use that free Twitch Prime subscription. Also, and if you want to give bits on there, it's a great way to like physically throw pennies at me or digitally throw pennies at me. I really enjoy that. And we do Perler Beats at the same time uh, based on how many bits you donate. And then, of course, you can uh, you can go ahead and uh, go to Public where you can buy any a number of cool Puckle shirts. Plenty of cool Puckle stuff up there as well as the new Piddle logos because Piddle's going live here soon. I think the draft is next weekend. So definitely check that out. You can pick up some cool stuff over on uh, T Public. Links in the description as always. And then if you want to support us most more, most directly, you can go to patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast where you can get that cool shiny Decidueye this week if you're at the $5 tier or above or if you're at the $3 tier and above, you get the chance to be on Puckle Live, which also comes out later this week. Just plenty of cool stuff. Or you can get a cool Bosephus TCG card if you're at $10 a month or you can give $25 a month and I'll give you a Skype call and we'll hang out and I'll be your friend. It's the equivalent of paying me to be your friend. My mom said she wants a Bosephus card. Does she? Yeah. Uh, she can have yours. Uh, <laughs> i'll talk to you later about because <laughs> i want one <laughs> all right though i think that's i think that's pretty much it though that's my spiel so i guess i'm trainer thatch i'm bosefist and i'm r sigma and here in the lavender town radio tower it's closing time
and Puckle would like to thank all of its patrons for making the show possible. Of course, we'd also like to thank Xander for making that cool intro at the beginning of the show as well. But if you're a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash pucklepodcast and get a host of cool rewards as well as being on the Patreon live show. You could get some cool Pokemon distributions. We just gave away a shiny Magnezone. And you can also, of course, give away uh, pretty much anything. I mean, you can just come on. We have tons of rewards, access to our exclusive Discord. But thank you to Greg, Viger, Duly Noted, Ten Little Men, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Shamu, Snag, Dexio, uh, Christina, or Christian, um, Rotted Mushroom, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Marcus, Claude Nine, Dennis, Eric, Michael, R Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Nathan, The Golden Klefki, The British Gent, Trevor, TJ, Doc Knox, Echo, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Jeremy, Louise, Wade, Kevin, Justin, Tank, Jonathan, Greg, Bodtak, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Rory, Jedi DJ, Sparky, Nick, Dylan, Shira, Ironcaster, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Zero, Curtis, Anime Gravy, Hazelnut, Joseph, Treby, and The Real Evie. Thanks to all of you guys for helping make the show possible. We really appreciate the support, and we'll keep on keeping on. So we will catch you guys on the flip-flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.